Sneaky Game Master, I am here as part of We Talk Games, brought to you each week of the Arcade Weekly. And it's all for guess how much it costs. One, two, three o'clock, four o'clock, rock, zero o'clock, dollars. That's right, your donations weren't enough. So here we are, giving it away free from your friends at We Talk Games. And also, a special guest on tonight for our final holiday haymaker. So we're going to go around, state your name and where you are from, and uh, let's go in reverse alphabetical order. Oh, God. <laughs> hey, it's Kyle Von Kubik from Strong Island, New York. Happy holiday, haymakers. Get ready for a Yuletide beatdown. This is the final episode of 2016. Yeah. I said that, but where where are you from? We Talk Games or what other? Oh, where am I from? Yeah. I thought where I live. Yeah, I'm from We Talk Games. We Talk Games. Okay, It's the only podcast you can hear me on, except oh. for those times I'm on other podcasts. Okay, well, we're live, so this matters. Yes. You could also say where you're from. Long Island, go! Ow, my headphones fell off. Next. I'm Keith the Robo Duke from We Talk Games and Sidecast coming so- uh Keith, Whoop. you probably should have went first. I jumped over your line. I, I considered Robo Duke your last name. <laughs> <laughs> it is my last name. Okay. Keith, the is my middle name, and Robo Duke is my last name. Jesus Christ, this is taking a long time. Where are you from? <laughs> from Where we do talk you games live? Inside in a oh. Do you have bed bugs? I, I, well, uh, let's not get into it. Uh, I'm from New Jersey, where all the bed bugs come from. Right. I'm Stinky the Game Master. And I am from We Talk. I already said that. But now, what do uh, we got special? I'm Kevin WK, and I am from The 8-Bit Geek. Oh, Jesus. And- he should have went, went uh, who cares? <laughs> and I'm also with Divas Dropkicks and Dives. I'm also uh, part of this weird Weight Watchers group and other things. And I own a suburban home outside of Kansas City. <laughs> Kansas City, Go! So your main meat and potatoes is uh, the 8-Bit Geeks. Yes, they are my main squeeze. I love them. They're great. You know why? Well, we got fired from you last time we talked to you, Stinky. Oh, that's you. When Stinky's on, somebody gets fired. It's a time for giving pink slips. (laughs) Unless you buy my album. Don't forget, it's free on the internet. So buy them up before they're gone. All right, today, toss over to Kyle Von Kubik. Tell you what we're going to do right here. We are going to talk about Dungeons and Dragons Shadows over Mistaria or Mistara. There's no I in there. It's Shadows over Mistara. Yeah. My brain tells me there is. It came out in 1996 and it was put out by a Capcom. Stars over Wisteria. Starbucks. This is a side scrolling <laughs> brawler because it's Holiday Haymakers. Get ready to punch some dudes in the face. Let's check yes. in with TT Schmookins for some Snapchat stats. 
Hello, I am Titish Kamutkins, and this is Titish Snapstabs. <coughs> Dungeons and Dragons. Shadow Over Mizhara was released in 1996 by Capcom Company Limited. The game ran on the CP System 2 hardware. It used the green board in Asia and blue board in USA and Europe. So, there's that. Capcom announced at PAX East 2013 that they would release Tower of Doom and Shadow over Mizhara as part of the Dungeons and Dragons Chronicles of Mizhara HD compilation on Nintendo eShop, PlayStation Network, Xbox Live Arcade and Microsoft Windows. Anyone know what it was actually released for? Send your letters to Stinky the Game Master, the addresses, you can look that up. In 2011, GameSpy ranked it number 50 on their list of the top arcade games, calling it one of the most purely entertaining titles ever released for any platform. In 2013, it was ranked as the 18th top beat em up video game of all time by Heavy.com, and included among the best looking beat em up games from the 16-bit era by Kotaku. Retro Gamer ranked it as the 16th top retro arcade game. They must be some new cats. I doubt you need to check them out. <laughs> the Stitties Snap Stats, which is short for Quick Statistics, has been brought to you by the even newer new, Dr. Tung Tung's Tung Tung Sauce and by Dungeon Master, Alice Cohen. You now, it's back to Wiggly of Trapdoor and Kyle Von Kubik, Keith Robaduke and Kevin WK of the 8-Bit Geek for more of the We Talk Games. Video Power Magazine program. Thank you, my lovely baby's mama. Hey, by the way, forget it. Okay. Today we're going to do a little something different. Now, I was originally supposed to call the Dungeons and Dragons and roll the 20 side dice and all that business. Unfortunately, John O'Rack Brob, he got his toothache. So now he's got to go to Dennis. So I. Went and played as uh, one of these characters in here. So, a cleric, I quick got on my jitterbug, and, I, you know, I could text now. Wow. Uh, uh, yeah, I even got AOL on it. Moving right into 2001. Yeah, yeah. I, I got to put it on my modem, and I could get, you got mail, you got mail. <laughs> and uh, so I mailed him, and uh, he got mail. I brought in my uh, manager and my rabbi, Ellis Cohen. He's going to be calling the Dungeons and Dragons for our program today on Dungeons and Dragons. All the way from New York, New York, Ellis Cohen. All right, hi everybody. I'm Ellis Cohen and I'm from New York City. You could just call me Mr. New York. Oh yeah, I can tell you what, down the battle Ray on that. You can call me Ray, or you can call me Jay, or you can call me RJ, but you don't have to call me Charlie. Just think of this, it's a city that always sleeps because, oh boy, hey, back in the 70s, I'll tell you what, I used to go to that Century 21. Now, did you ever go to Century 21? Because you're from New York. Well, I went to that Century Century 1-1, and I tell you what, I got in the disco up at the village people, and boy, howdy, I tell you what, that was one spoon wee-wee action in there. I tell you what, I went in there with $4,000 in my hand, and I wouldn't come out with nothing but a brown teeth. Uh, speaking about brown teeth now, I'll tell you what, it's too bad that your boy with the jungles, he couldn't come in here, because I could have gave him another 80-point tooth damage right on there. Hey, it's Scrabble. Tim, can you get me a cup of coffee? I'm not awake enough for this. 
No. <laughs> now, all you boys, because of Stinky called me in the last minute, I tried looking around for my TSR Dungeon Dragon book where I had it in 1978, but I couldn't find it. So I picked up this Calvin and Hobbes book. I didn't matter nothing. I can make a module out of that. I believe we're playing an arcade game or talking about an arcade game that we played, not actually playing the tabletop game of Dungeons and Dragons. Well, I'm going to go ahead and try to roll a three now. Uh-oh, shoe fell off, fell in the bog hole. Now, I'll tell you what, I don't know what I'm going to do, but I'll build it with this. Hey, Ellis, wait a minute. What I got here? Here, you could also use this. And what you got there, old stinky? Uh, it's Daniel Boone card game. Uh, he fights a bear and shit, so you could uh, roll that up. Well, that sounds great now, Stinky, and all you boys. Okay, you just tell me your characters, and I'll listen to the answer offline. And while you're doing that, I'm going to roll up those hit points and give you your magical amulets and I'll even weigh out your battle axe and uh, roll up those bear bugs and the bundle flies and, uh-oh, a shoe fell off in the bog hole. Yeesh, that's why he gets me so many gigs. I see that, yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> we're supposed to talk about the character classes we played. I played the fighter as well as the thief class. Kevin, which class did you play as? How come I, you played as two? Because there was so many goddamn classes to pick from and not enough people. to, Or we could have had more people on the microphone. I had no idea that you knew more than Wiggly and Mr. Onlay in the booth. Yeah, Wiggly isn't here. He's out promoting my album. Gotcha. You know, he's got one of those sandwich board signs. He's standing in uh, like the Statue of Liberty. Yeah. Kevin, what character class did you play as? <laughs> I picked the warrior uh, dwarf, which I tried to like role play. This is the best role playing I can come up with. So I named my dwarf Dumbledore. And <laughs> he is, uh, you know, he was a really badass this dwarf that wanted to beat the shit out of everything. He was so small, but he had the heart of a human. <laughs> he was just so big. I named my characters. I forgot to mention that because that is uh, something you can do in the game. I named both my characters Queef because <laughs> I'm mature. So anyway. am, am I the only one? I like really tried to get into it. I had to play two characters as well. I Why'd played... you play two characters, Keith? Because hey, I... what are you trying to make fun of me now? Is that how it's going to go? No, President I never do of the that, United Stinky. States. Oh, you fucker. <laughs> Well, I played Zorbo, the magic user, which I am told by the game is a mighty name, and then also played as Kalima, the elf, the mistress of magic, as it says she is. Both are a lot of fun. The magic user is a little slow, not very good on the attacking, spamming lots of spells. I really like the elf class a lot more. Fast, got a sword and shield. She's got way more style, while the magic user looks like he's wearing rags. Kevin, what'd you think of the dwarf? Oh, he was awesome. Uh, he's just, like I said, a little stumpy dude that just beat the crap out of everything with axes. I was kind of doing Tobjorn's talk, too. I was like, oh, Tobjorn, going to take you down. Geek. <laughs> I would say that he's probably the heavy in the game, whereas the fighter is mm-hmm. the all around character. And then the thief class is definitely that of speed. I did enjoy playing as the thief character more because in most haymakers or brawlers, or side-scroll and beat-em-ups. I like playing as the faster character because it makes the experience move along, especially when you're by yourself. But this is a game that I think you should play with another person because it is extremely deep and there's uh, lots of customization and there's lots of things to pick up and different areas to explore. And it's amazing how deep this game is. But before we get too deep into that, Keith, did you take notes on the plot? What did I play as? I didn't know you played. You usually don't play the games. You said that you needed another person, so I played it. I I didn't know you were going to play. So which character class did you play as? You dope. I played as the cleric. Cleric? 
Yeah, Claire, he's a man of God. Here's a very important spark. Can you spell stinky? Just. I was able to name him stinky and then uh, it goes to end. Yes. My cleric class is really cool. Now, I thought a cleric was supposed to be, yeah, he's all monastery and stuff, but he's a big, he's a big old bruiser. And uh, uh, one thing I like is when you keep pumping your coins in, oh boy, and you get different uh, styles of your character. Mm-hmm. And I liked my bald cleric guy the best because it looked like me without my toupee. Yeah, cleric character reminded me more of a paladin class. But as Stinky touched on, when you respawn, there's actually two character models that will randomly, I guess when you play a single player, it will randomly choose between the two or just alternate between the two. Not really random. I liked the more ninja looking thief. And then there was with the fighting character, there was a gold armor variant that I like, too. And I noticed in the magic user, I was a big fan of the green witch hat. I wish I had picked that one. I don't know if it has to deal with which button you hit when you select them, because I had the same ones through the whole game for both types. When, so. when you died and respawned, it didn't change it on you? No. Oh, that happens to me every time. It would alternate between the two. No, mine actually didn't jump back and forth. Oh. I was in the black rags the whole time with, you know, the anime hair with the white streak in it and then for the elf girl i was you know in the green deedlet outfit the whole time so it never saw any uh switching back and forth and i know kyle you mentioned about the plot for the game it's mm. pretty basic uh, as far as the game tells us two years have passed since the battle at the sable tower after defeating the arch lich daimos and bringing peace back to the republic of darokin the heroes now travel through the broken lands to the land of Glantry, looking for new adventures. That's a long sentence. <laughs> Very D and D. Yeah, it's a role playing game. It is. Hey, yeah. Why was there a tower? Because this game is actually a sequel to Dungeons and Dragons: The Tower of Doom, which came out in nineteen ninety three. Actually, three years before this game. While we're talking about things that came before this, one game I really want to bring up if we're going to talk about making mechanics is Knights of the Round, also by Capcom from 1991, which, if I have to say, I think is a superior game to this. You son of a bitch. Wow. (laughs) Capcom right now is just they're just jumping out of a building. Way to go. Well, why? Why do you think Knights of the Round is better? Well, I think it's a better single player experience. Because with Shadows Over Mastar, you need multiple people to play this game. If you try to play through this as the magic user by yourself, you're just pumping in corners constantly, using all your spells. And then when you run out of spells, you're dead and you just restart that cycle. You can't hold off a boss physically as the magic user. Maybe you had to keep pumping in quarters. Well, maybe I did as the magic user, but if you're playing a big buff cleric, maybe, or the fighter in a single player way, it might be a little easier. Yeah, I gave a pro player tip off air to everybody about the final boss was the only one that I actually had difficulty mitigating as the mm-hmm. fighter. I had no trouble getting through the game as the fighter. I died, but not a lot. Nothing of, you know, nothing that w- I found exorbitant. But at the end, the way that that boss battle was set up, and we'll touch on it later, but I had to switch to the magic user to defeat him because I needed that projectile of the spell casting. So it's interesting to me that you played as the magic user and had such difficulty throughout the game. I did for a bit of it. It still was pretty fun. I had way more fun with the elf because she is versatile in hand-to-hand combat. While the magic user isn't much at all with his attacks. 
and the thing I like more about Knights of the Round as well is in, in this game, you do advance and you do level up, but you don't change at all. You don't get a fancier new weapon or like a new shield. Your character doesn't change in their look at all unless you change their outfit. While right. Knights of the Round, every time you get a new weapon and you level up, like it, they go through multiple changes of how the characters look in that game between mm-hmm. uh, Lancelot, Percival, mm-hmm. and Arthur and everything. And I, I just think it looks way better, and I feel like the sense of becoming more powerful and feeling more powerful works better in that game. Well, this is way better if you have multiple people on the screen, because if you have the magic user who's casting spells as everyone else is attacking, it can work out pretty well. But also with the magic user, because he kind of pauses the screen and stuff like that, you can't interrupt enemies' big magic spells, especially on bosses. So you end up trying to cast your spell. It doesn't work because they're casting a spell at the same time and they can't run over each other. Mm. It's just difficult playing him by himself. Much like a... uh real D&D game when you're a magic user very early on it's difficult to play through and I do agree I did not feel that sense of empowerment by leveling up that I wish was there because there was a lot of elements of the tabletop game that were respected in this arcade game with references to monsters and, and the magic spells that were used and the items that you would find and then how you would use those items and having an inventory but the one thing it was missing was that leveling system because I never felt more powerful on stage one as I did at stage eight. There wasn't that progression. I do agree with that. Kevin, what do you think? Yeah, no, I agree with you. I didn't understand why their level up was there. I just I think it was just to make you feel good, I guess. <laughs> it actually oh. just says on the screen you just get more HP. It doesn't say anything else by beyond that, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I got more spells. Yes. You do gain access to more spells the higher level you go. And with the magic user, you eventually get a meteor swarm. Okay. Which can kill the final boss in one attack. Wow. Or I had done enough damage already where you cast the meteor spell. It just destroys a whole bar of his life and just kills him. It's the ultimate magic spell. Well, what were you expecting? That you start taking steroids or something? (laughs) Yeah, why not? They had medieval (sighs) spells of strength and things like that. Power up. No. <laughs> okay, so this is interesting, though. So originally, my one of the things that I felt the game was lacking was that level-up feeling, but I only played in fighter classes, as did Kevin. The cleric and the magic user classes, there actually is some sort of empowerment with that leveling up. Even if it's just unlocking new spells, that's significant, because right. Kevin and I didn't experience anything like that in our classes. Yeah, and no. the elf is a fighter and a magic user, so... She's versatile in attacking. She's fast, like the thief, but she has less spells than the magic user, but she still has access to ice storm, magic missile, lightning bolt, fireball. She has also a spell haste where she can quicken herself. She has a protection spell. I think she can cast on other people. Right. Uh, She also has the summon elemental spell, which I think magic user and elf. I don't know if cleric has that ability, but can the cleric summon elementals? I mean, it wouldn't make sense in a D&D terms, really. Yeah, he, uh, there's a fire demon with uh, horns, and he goes around, he's big fire in a, uh, around Yeah. Yeah, okay, cool. Yeah, he also does a, a, the Star Wars Enterprise when you beam him up, <laughs> Scotty. Mm-hmm. Oh, he could throw vipers, too. They, they come out as Moses sticks, and then it, it makes a viper. He does the Moses attack? Well, yeah, they only sticks for a little while. But then awesome. they turn into vipers and uh, they bite you. Not me. They bite him. 
it's neat because the magic user also has the summon elemental, but he seems to summon uh, uh, the the fire demon guy you mentioned with the swirling fire, mm-hmm. a water dragon as well, which like rains down, uh, which apparently hurts the enemy. But then the elf, when she does summon elemental, she summons either a wind elemental or an earth elemental. Like the thing pops up on the screen and like swings at the guys and throws rocks. So as you can tell already, this game this game is really in depth with how many options you have, which as you know, you said, Kyle, it's better in a group. You gotta have a group to play this game, I think, to really enjoy it. And sure. You do have to have a group, but I'll tell you what, when this was in the arcade, holy shit, you wanna talk about things pausing and everything because everybody's just pumping in the quarters like you said. So don't think it when you're a one player game, you just have to sit and pumping in the corners. When this was in the arcade, oh ho. Oh, man. I can picture just going through all my daily tokens on just this game. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then sometimes you had to get that Sbarro's. <laughs> get a There's, shitty pizza or hot dog yeah. from Sbarro's. Yeah, some Panda Express Low Main or something, you know, that was <laughs> usually my go-to. The only other making mechanic that I had that Keith didn't touch on was Alien vs. Predator 1994, also by Capcom. Mm -hmm. Um, The reason I thought of this game was because of, although there's not as many character classes in that game, there are ones in that game where each character does play different from the other, and it has weapons that you can use. You can actually pick up weapons, and that actually changes how those characters play. Kevin, did you have any making mechanics or games that it was similar to? Definitely. Uh, the, the two I would go to, I would say Golden Axe 1 and then Golden Axe 2. Like, it has that setting, but minus the mounts, of course. But Revenge of Death Adder, it just has that feel to it. A lot of adventure, a lot of different paths to choose. Sure. Uh, I was playing the solo. I think Golden Axe was a lot easier to play solo than this game. Right. But it definitely had that feel, especially just the different classes you had to choose. You had your warrior. You had your kind of like barbarian woman then like right then you had your dwarf that's the immediate takeaway i got from it i will say about the branching paths tower of doom has more than this game but this game has more story oriented paths story to- in it that's pretty good <laughs> sorry <laughs> oh, I something in the background got distracted <laughs> like story oriented story oriented yeah, yeah. I, I was i got distracted in the background because I, I don't want you guys to hear my son playing in the background anyway <laughs> the branching paths within shadows of mistara are more story oriented, whereas you're actually reading stories and deciding whether or not I'm going to go the shorter route through the river, but it's more dangerous or take the longer route through the woods. Or am I going to help this gnome village? Always help the gnome village. Oh, my God. Yes. Uh, Pro player tip. You want to do that. Otherwise, you're going to be in a labyrinth for uh, way too long. Penalty stage. (laughs) That's all the games I've ever played. I've never had the exact opposite of a bonus stage happen before, where <laughs> instead you're like, you've taken too long. Fight a black dragon. It's a get bone staged. Uh, <laughs> Tower of Doom is more, do you want to go up the stairs or down the stairs, in this door or through that door? Which is cool. I like the branching path. But this game, I feel, does a better job at conveying what it's like to play Dungeons & Dragons. Game. It's more realized geek. Yes. Than, uh, than the other titles. So the other titles are more action-oriented and uh, just have the motifs where this one actually has you reading. They're, you're in a room and it's dark. So, Stinky, did you have any making mechanics of your own? Well, number one, first, an Aliens versus Predator, I, of course, like to be the dwarf alien. But <laughs> besides that, I think Quiz of Dragons is the closest to this because... <laughs> 
I like to do the trivial pursuit instead <laughs> of fighting with a hatchet. Yeah. So that's about it. Those are the classes and those are the things. Okay, y'all, I just rolled up. Oh, you're pausing. Uh-oh, here comes a giant boulder. It's got some wings on it, a big old flying boulder. What you gonna do, jump on top of it and shoot it with your arrows? Too late, you're riding on the flying boulder. Don't worry, he just wants to take you to his magical fairyland of munchkins. Uh-oh, getting ready, snowy all upside there. What you gonna do, jump off and put a newspaper over your head? Uh-oh, shoe fell off on the bog hole. <laughs> Great pick th- for Dungeon Master. <laughs> Graphically, I feel that this game represents the pinnacle of art direction and sprite animation for its era and the genre. A lot of people, and we touch on this constantly, but I cannot say it enough, a lot of people have very nostalgic feelings about Simpsons and Turtles as far as brawlers are concerned. And I enjoyed those two in their time. But they can't hold this game's jockstrap. The brilliance of its art direction and its animation, it's wonderful. I would assume everybody on the line feels the same way. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. I I love it. And you're right. It it is very ageless. And it's very Capcom. Like, Capcom built this whole graphic system up. You can tell it's a Capcom game by the way it Mm. looks. Anyone who's played arcades in the 90s, I mean... There was just like four or five of these lined up with each other. You had this, you had Punisher, you know, once again, Aliens vs. Predator, Cadillacs and Dinosaurs. You had all of those games and they were all just very similar looking, but still beautiful to look at. And there's just little subtle differences in each one. I'll tell you what, you take any Final Fantasy game and even the best one and you put it side by side with this. And just like this does more of the role playing in it as focused towards Dungeons and Dragons, Boy, oh boy, you get more than Dungeons and Dragons with these graphics. The way the story progresses, and you're flying in different shit, and there's dragons flying by you. There's only one time you see a certain type of animation, and the way yeah. that the enemies come, all the scrolling and all the everything. Holy mackerel, Annie. I'll tell you what, it is a feast for the eyes. And if you want to say it holds up today, I'll put that up against any role-playing game that ever came out, ever, for any system ever, on the Evers. Except it's a more action-based arcade game version of those longer and more involved role-playing-y wise instead of action version of a compressed Dungeons & Dragons session which can last for 78 hours at a time and then you stink yeah, yeah i'm really dug into the source material with this game and realized characters right off the bat you're fighting an owl bear as soon as i saw that i knew that i was dealing with something that had a lot of care and attention to it and then yes the different set pieces and parallax scrolling and animations that you see when you're going into these big moments in the game even the first boss battle where you're fighting against a bunch of goblins in a little cart that they've hobbled together as like mm-hmm. some sort of tank and how that fight progresses and then ends. There's humor. The source material is so respected and dug into with this game. This is a treat to look at. When you're talking about that big skullmobile that the, that those little, what do you call those little guys? Goblins. Goblins. Aliens. Oh, Red goblins. Caps. 
But they're okay. red caps, I guess, if you want to get really technical. Holy fuck, I don't know what the hell you're talking about. Are you talking about Labyrinth? <laughs> I play D&D, man. I, I know my stuff. They're If they're little goblins with red hats, they're usually red caps. They're bloodthirsty little monsters who dye their caps red with the blood of their enemies. Oh. Wow. Well, evidently, wow. Ellis Cohen played a lot of Dungeons Dragons as well. That's so nerdy, I went sterile. <laughs> Speaking of nerdy, I mean, do you think that the people like Keith got really pissed off when they pulled that Roadrunner shit at the end of that uh, skull uh, truck? Actually, I think that is a very appropriate ending for a fight because D&D is a game that allows you to, to pull something like that. You know, if like a player notices this thing keeps charging at him, he could say, hmm. I'm going to make an athletics roll the next time it comes at me to try to jump over it while I'm standing in front of this cliff so he flies over it. You can have those kind of situations in a D&D game. You don't always have to just beat the thing to death. That's something I never thought I'd hear together. Uh, uh, Dungeons and Dragons and athletics. <laughs> yeah. Or charisma, which of course is a stat in D&D because not oh, everyone... Yeah. Not everyone can sit down and play and just talk it out. You have to go, well, my guy's really good at talking it out. So let, let me just have this number represent it, which still point to be someone else. But I just want to go along with all what you guys are saying as someone who also plays D&D. It is perfect. It has so many different monsters from the game. The setting mm-hmm. is perfect. I love that every time you play through the game, you might see something new as long mm-hmm. as you don't make the same choices. Sometimes having a different character in your group opens up different choices. Right. When you're the elf, you get a third option at one point because the elf has the ability to like guide you through the forest. So oh, you can have her do I that. See that. That's cool. Yeah. And there's a stage I really liked. It was really beautiful. It's called it's stage five C it's called the forest bridge, but what it actually should have been called is hippie daydream. Cause <laughs> it's these mushrooms and, and wooden bridges built between them up in the clouds that you get to play through. That's it's really gorgeous. Painted background looks awesome. Ugh, I cannot gush enough about this game and how well it portrays D and D to anyone. If you show someone this game and say, do you want to try the real thing? I think it could maybe get them into it. Maybe. And what I will say about what stinky asked is you can't please everybody, but in the experiences, although they are limited that I've had with the tabletop game, Dungeons and Dragons. Humor is something that has always been a part of my campaign. I mean, I I play a lizard man, which is not an actual race you can be in the game, so I'm dragonborn, but I'm not. Called Carl Winslow. And (laughs) to remember where I've been, I defecate. So I will defecate in numerous rooms throughout a castle and a shop, just so I remember that I've been there. I don't know what's so funny about that. I still do that. That's pretty smart. <laughs> I mean, even in D&D terms, that's a smart thing to do if you're going through a dungeon. Humor is a huge part. Anytime you have a bunch of nerds sitting around a table, no one can be serious for that long. Sure. You know, 78-hour game, you know, somewhere in there, somebody's yeah. going to make a joke. And even when I play in the game I'm in right now, I play Whiskbrid Nazumi. He's a gnome druid. And I'll talk like this the whole time because why? It's fun. Because it's right. fun to act like a 300-year-old gnome. You know? So I'm glad mm-hmm. Keith was happy to see that in the game. I was happy to see that in the game. And I know Kevin enjoys humor, so I'm going to assume he did as well. Oh, yeah. That first level boss. Yeah, Warhammer. Or not, War, mm-hmm. oh, War Machine. War Machine was the name of the boss. Don't like they make jokes about slide rules and shit. <laughs> It'd be nice if they made a Thacko joke somewhere in there. I actually would have appreciated that. Didn't they make like a joke about the square root of Scrabble? Mm, the square root of Scrabble. 
<laughs> I know it's a scary thought. Wow, so, that was, that was, that was it is a scary thought. thought. There are the squares on there, so if how big each of oh no oh god I'm hurting my head I gotta stop get back into the D and D. I always try to play the Fibonacci sequence when I play Scrabble. I do want to ask because it is present in the game, but I was not lucky enough to find it. There are hidden rooms throughout each stage, and in one of these hidden rooms, you can find what I will sum up as your legendary weapon. Did anybody find their legendary weapon? No. Each character has one. I wish I did, because did anyone else go down the river on the raft? Yes, I tried that on my second place. Did you get through it quick enough to go through the cave and meet the Avatar? No, because I kept getting into fights, timing out, and then I had the dragon up my ass. I raced through it on my second playthrough as my elf after already beating it as the magic user. And if you get through it fast enough, you get to go through a cave where like this mysterious voice is like, do you want to know a secret? And Uh-oh. through Jared Fogel's in the game. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> can you keep a secret? No, it, it basically you can, you can ask it about a legendary weapon, a legendary spell, oh. who the enemy is. Or you can say, no thanks, and it goes, all right, see you later. (laughs) (laughs) Which it actually says, fine, then, get thee going. Like, I don't know why you would say no, but I actually went through enough to try all the different options. Uh And if you pick who is the enemy, it tells you that Sin is the red dragon that you fight at the end. If you pick a magic spell, it says like a great magic user can eventually get to a level to use a great spell, which I'm guessing is the meteor swarm spell I mentioned earlier. Uh huh. Okay. But but the really cool thing is if whoever has beaten the game and is in first place on the rankings, if you ask it about legendary weapons, it mentions three different like a fire weapon, an ice weapon, and a wind weapon, and then it also says. And the sword of that legendary hero, and mine, it says Zorbo, who is my character I played through first. It ah. puts your name in there, so it'll say, I guess the legendary weapon says, and the sword of that legendary hero Zorbo, who has slain that evil dark dragon, is said to be hidden deep somewhere around here. So a neat little touch is whoever has first place on that arcade machine, they are the hero who has already done all this before, and their legendary weapon must be in one of these hidden rooms you mentioned. Again, just another attention to detail that didn't need to be in there would have been easier to put the game together without it. But you have to appreciate it that it's there. And this is why we're holding this game up above what the mainstream looks at as a great brawler. This is above and beyond what you'd expect. Items break. Weapons break. You go to the store, you pick up projectiles just like in D&D. Where you and the store up, owner changes the farther you get in the game, depending, depending on where, on you, where are. you are yes. in the game. Even on the final level, you got an orc there selling you stuff. Like Even the enemies are trying to play fair a little bit. Uh, every time I went into shops, I just keep poking her boobies and then I leave. Yeah, me too. <laughs> me too. Wait, do they react if you poke on them? They all will once. Oh, Say, I'm I for sale. Even... Yeah. Oh, I didn't uh, even try it. That's not what I heard. <laughs> what did she tell you? It doesn't matter if you're not for sale. I just want to poke your boobs. Yeah. You can pick up throwing hammers. You can pick up javelins to give your character projectiles if your class doesn't already have that by means of bow and oh, and a bow and arrow is something you can pick up as well. I actually found through the game talk about picking things up. I found a cursed sword in the yeah, game. Yeah, I got that. I found that. Yeah, where if you swing it, it'll do damage, and then you'll swing it again. It just does damage to you. <laughs> Every time you swing it, yep. Which is another really nice little touch, except in a D&D game, your dungeon master won't tell you it's cursed, and one of your 
friends will be wearing this armor for a bunch of the games, slowly turning into a demon without you knowing. Once again, nice little touch. As far as detail goes, I never really played Dungeons and Dragons myself because I have ADD. And if I can't see what's (laughs) going on, I'm just like lost. So the best thing I can say, I mean, the attention to detail was unbelievable. And I just liked the fact that they built a whole story for you. I mean, it's pretty cool that you have like this choose your own adventure kind of deal for an arcade beat em up, which is unheard of. I think that's important to say. I think that Capcom did a great job of taking D&D, which to a lot of people can seem very overwhelming or nerdy or annoying or difficult. I don't want to do math when I'm hanging out with my friends. They took that and they took the best elements of it or some of the best elements of it and condensed it down into a beautiful visual presentation, but a very fun and exciting game. I don't give a shit what Keith says about Knights of the Round being better. (laughs) Yeah, you know what? I got to tell you, I'm listening here, sitting back. I forget that we're actually talking about a video game because it really does sound like you're talking about D&D. And as far as D&D goes, it's sort of like, well, you either know it or you don't. So I don't think it's something that necessarily people would say, oh, it's called Dungeons and Dragons. I want to play it. I think everyone will play it because, number one, it looks unbelievable. And number two, if you do like D&D, then you get it in and then it's D&D. Did someone say D&D because it's time to play some more D&D? Now I rolled it all up. Now there before you is a a giant mountain. What that? It's a long rope ladder come down the face of the precipice journey. What you gonna do? You gonna climb up that ladder? You gonna go into the cave? I don't even know you have matches. Let me go ahead and roll three. Uh Uh-oh, shoe fell off, fell in the bog hole. Talk about D&D and ADD. I think Ellis Cohen has it. (laughs) <laughs> the worst touching hearing I've ever heard. I think he's great. Uh, something I wanted to touch on, but I don't think anyone has at this point, is the controls. They were not intuitive. And the reason I say that is because the bu- button mapping with the inventory system of bringing up your inventory wheel and scrolling through it, I had to get used to it. It's four button, which is kind of unusual for a Capcom game, number one. Was I alone on this, or did anyone else have a little bit of difficulty from jump with that control mm-hmm. scheme? Mm, from someone who played two different magic users yeah it's a pain to try to jump between those menus and then every time you die it resets you back to the first spell in whatever part of the wheel you're in Mm. when you're the magic user it's two wheels of six spells each and then your items and the elf has two wheels of four spells each and then your items so jumping around between those when you're the only person can be difficult, but this is once again the situation that would be solved with someone else holding off enemies as you're, you know, trying to get your magic missile on. What'd you think, Kevin? That was the confusing part too. And uh, I was playing this version on the X because the Xbox had their collection where it was yes. both titles on there, and I did it that way. And I kept getting jump confused with like using your special, so I kept mm-hmm. going through my inventory on accident. I had to keep reassuring myself of the buttons every few minutes. The only one I knew, obviously, was just the attack button. But when right. it came to actually like moving around and stuff, I'd accidentally inadvertently throw a hammer at somebody or yep. you know, a spell would go off when there's no one around. I so. did much better on my second playthrough because by then I had learned to mitigate that menu quickly, get what I need, switch into it, use the item because I played fighting classes and not accidentally throw the hammer, the axe, or the javelin, or whatever. But with that being said, I don't know if I would change it, because we've talked about games in the past like Tower of Juraga, or other games that were high fantasy that wanted to implement an inventory system. And as far as the arcade is concerned, I can't think of a better way to implement it in this game. 
it's a good menu system once you learn it. And I right. think it would take a playthrough to learn it, or if you had a second player, would help you so you could stand back, cycle through your different items or their spells instead of getting your ass kicked in. I can imagine a lot of teamwork, which is the heart of a Dungeons and Dragons game, is having your team work together. Because if you don't work together, you're all you're done. I really want to play through this again with people where I can be the magic user, which I play in my tabletop game, you know, and be able to sit in the back while someone's in the front, be able to say like, okay, cool. I'm going to hit the ice storm and freeze everyone. You guys focus on them. Elf character, make sure you're casting protect on everybody and everything. Am I talking about an arcade game or am I talking about an actual tabletop D&D game? Mm-hmm. I don't know, but don't. It's like Beetlejuice. Don't say it too much because Ellis Cohen will come back. <laughs> yeah. I want to mention, though, I don't know if there are Skeksis in actual tabletop D&D. <laughs> but, but the fact that one of the, the, the main enemies in the game is one is, mm, is really. Skeksis. And there are some, some dark crystals in this game as well. Uh, which I think they actually bring up the fact that the thief later in the game stole a crystal from Dimos's tower in the first game. Right. If you didn't play the first game, uh, which I hadn't before this, I have in the past. I was very, very confused at that point. But <laughs> I was like, all right, Deus is Machina. Cool, whatever. We're, we're getting out of here. The menu before Keith went on his thing about the others. uh that brings up a good making mechanic for me the first pro wrestling game called tag team wrestling and what you did in that one you had to hit a button and you pulled up a menu of the different moves you wanted to try on your other fella when you got in the lockup you said that you wouldn't change it but Mm. how how else really can you do that and number two is first only how are the buttons set up let's tell the listener that anyone how are they set up on my Xbox 360 controller? No, like, wait, <laughs> wait, what do the four buttons do? You got your uh, eight-way joystick and then your four buttons. You have an attack, jump, the button to bring up your menu. Yes. And then while your menu is up, you cycle through it by hitting that button. You cycle through it, I believe, a counterclockwise pattern. And then you have to hit the jump button while that menu's up to cycle through the multiple menus you have. And then your fourth button is to select and also use said spell or uh, oh. ability or pot of fire you throw out to summon a de- a, an evil genie. It sounds like a lot of buttons, but try playing Stargate by Williams, where I believe there's 14 buttons on the oh, control yeah. deck. I was going to bring that up. But uh, <laughs> the other thing is, is that look at all the moves you could do, too. Like you could duck. And walk around in a crouch, like a dum-dum. Mm-hmm. You could uh, do a slide move. You could do a, a dash move. Yeah, every character has a very Jesus. realized move set. And there are power moves as well as desperation moves. The power moves eat up your power meter, where the desperation moves eat up your HP. Yeah, the old jump plus attack special ability move where most beat-em-ups only have two buttons. No other way you could do it. It can be annoying at times, but you definitely can't do that any other way. Right. Yeah. It's not I'm not disparaging the game for it. No. I just want to make the listener aware that I want you to play the game. Don't get discouraged when you're accidentally throwing all the items you bought. Yeah. Like Kevin and I did. Yeah. Yeah. Or don't think the game is glitching when you're fighting the beholder because magic doesn't work on them. Mm. It, it counterspells all your spells. Well, that's a good pro player tip. Here's another yeah. one. If you play with a friend and you want to be a magic user, have the other person play as a thief. And if you pick up the thief's hood as the magic user, you're invincible for the rest of the game. What? Holy poop. 
Yeah, it's a glitch, but it's something I read that's very interesting. Yeah, There's they, a lot of glitches in the game like that if you have two I, people. And also because there is so much in the game, as proven by big Bethesda open world games, the more you put into something and the more options and items, the more glitches you're going to end up having in right, the end. Right. And uh, another question by its own weight. Yes. While we're talking about pro player tips, when you're fighting bosses and they have minions, if you can concentrate on the boss, because once the boss is dead, all the minions die as well. Or yes. they just kind of shuttle away off right. to the side. We have no boss anymore. Oh, time to go. Live my life the way I wanted to. I heard somebody say giant boss. Now, how many dinosaur bones that you have? It's like an indoor petting zoo. Uh-oh, giant robot made out of toothpaste. Don't try him with your fireball. It already took the antidote. Okay, let me try to run a three. Skip you back to me. Uh-oh, I'm going to roll three. Uh-oh, she fell off on the ball hole. <laughs> okay, that's good. I guess who's winning? Ellis, who, who the hell is winning? Well, now you're down in the bog hole. Uh-oh, shoe fell off on the bog hole. We got to drain that bog. Kevin, what did you think of the music? The music was great. It was epic. Uh, I think uh, I was using off of Capcom's, what, Q sound system. It sounded beautiful. I mean, once again, it seems like something you would listen to in a Dungeons & Dragons session. Very epic, great piano and such. I don't know how to say it, but... It's just, I don't know, just music you would expect to hear out of a Dungeons and Dragons fighter. So. It's very orchestral. Yeah, there you go, orchestral, yeah. I don't know if you noticed, but my guy could cast a binding spell. Well, it looked like the Star Wars Enterprise with the beam me up Scotties. And <laughs> did the one level sound like Star Wars happening? Okay, it was just me. <laughs> Which level was that? Uh, one, I don't know. I had my Elvis Christmas album on, so on the 8-track. So I might have like mixed the two together and sound like it. You know what it sound like? Do 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 I just had a stroke. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I'm okay. Okay. Good. No. Uh. I, as far as the music, yeah, it is very epic Who? sounding. I like all the uh. Who? The voice. Huh? Jordy LaForge. Yeah. yeah. Is he's in this game? No, he wears a beret on his eyeballs. <laughs> I wanted to to mention if we're talking about the music, if we could talk about uh all the sound and the fact that all the characters, yes. at least the magic users, shout out all the different spells. Which are all real D&D spells. So whether you're the magic user or the elf, they both have a different voice. Magic shouting. missile! Magic <laughs> missile! Magic <laughs> missile! Fireball! 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 Tiger really V! <laughs> the cleric has the twisty rockets. <laughs> <laughs> oh, twisty rockets. <laughs> Body blow, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> No, there is sound engineering in this game. Capcom hitting their stride as far as sound. I mean, this came out the same year as X-Men vs. Street Fighter, which gave us all Optic Blast and all those yeah. wonderful little uh, sound. Barrage. <laughs> yeah, there. we're getting real close to that automatopoeia review. <laughs> Ooh, yeah. Alice was mentioning giant bosses. Did we talk about any of the bigger bosses? I know I mentioned the Beholder, My but... We're going so long, but please talk about those bosses, Keith, because I, this game deserves it, 
And it is the last episode of 2016. What a wonderful year it's been. As I mentioned before, The Beholder, probably one of my favorite bosses just because it counterspells everything, which mm. is once again, it remaining very true. The Displacer Beast is really cool looking as well, being two of them jumping around on the screen. I think my favorite's the Beholder, though. I think I think he's probably the coolest looking one because every time you hit him, another eyeball stem like falls off him as you're fighting him, and mm-hmm. that's another thing. I think you know a lot of people always focus on the dragons in Dungeons and Dragons. I feel like a Beholder that is very much a backbone of D and D. Sure, is that the guy that puts you to bed? I had to put you to <laughs> yeah. I think he could put the round ball. He makes you sleep. Yes, yeah, he, does. he can he make makes you go to sleep, sleep too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Beholders yeah. are... It's the way Stinky says things that fucks us up. <laughs> yeah. What the He's, hell? They're very powerful magic users, Stinky. Yeah, they can put you right to sleep. Was there a gelatinous cube, or am I having a fever dream? I thought there was. I did not encounter one. Kevin, did I, you? I, no, I didn't see I can't remember if there was or was not. Anyway, There's, Kevin, Kevin, what were some of your favorite bosses? The Beholder was my favorite, so Keith, oh, okay. you, you hit it on the head on that one. But other ones that I... <laughs> it was funny that this is in 96... The, they didn't know about the Scorpion King starring The Rock, but they did have a man <laughs> scorpion in it. That was a fun little boss battle. The first time you run into uh, the main boss of the game, it was in, like the you fight Lick or Lich. That was a cool little fight. Yeah, you, you do know, fight a Lich. They a Lich is one. like a demon, right, Keith? Yeah, it's like an undead necromancer kind of thing. Usually, maybe like an evil wizard that died and has come back to life as a Lich to summon more undead. Once again, a very traditional Dungeons & Dragons villain, a Lich. Yeah, I was going to mention that one, too, but I didn't want to take them all. Yeah, then there was the Shadow Elf, too, the, yeah. which is very Dungeons & Dragons, seeing the Shadow Elf. So. Tell Arin, I think, is his name. And yeah. There's a timer, so I don't know if you can actually beat him before that timer runs out and have it affect the path of the game. I'm not sure, but it is something I, I want to see. The two times I played through it, it seemed like once you got him down to like a certain part in the energy bar, then the other person would jump in. So that other elf or whatever that came to save you. <laughs> the palette swap yeah, elf. It totally yeah. was a palette swap. I got to tell you, because I'm so biblical, I actually like... When it first uh, bosses, when it's just the two griffins, because you know uh, a griffin, what is it? Eagle, lion? No, you're the, thinking of the chimera. Yeah, the chimeras. Yeah, yeah, that's what I meant. Did you know the chimera is angels? So when you ever see these people walking around with, oh, an angel's on my shoulder, and an angel, and an angel, chubby cherubs, and all that, you know that they look like those guys. Uh, like a hippogriff. It's one of those with the beaks and the uh, flying around with the uh, lions and shit. Goat head and snake tail. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, I guess. That's what a real angel is. And that makes sense because God made us in his image. He didn't make angels in his image, so they no, wouldn't look like us. They look like fucking freak shows. <laughs> <laughs> Until they became like the men in black. And then they were like the men in the black. The chimera was my favorite boss. I like the chimera very much. Yeah. I like the manticore as well that's in there is really cool, which you end up fighting again later. The Skeksis summons a manticore and the black dragon back to help him. But remember, pro player tip, concentrate all your damage on the main boss. Yeah, that, little, that Skeksis guy is actually really weak. So if you just get him out of the way, the manticore and the uh, black dragon just drop off. If you hit your A and B button together, did all the skeletons just fall into dust? No, no that's. Definitely that must be a, just you as a cleric. Yep. Yeah, that's some uh, turn undead magic right there, actually. Now, of course, that uses up your life bar, 
But as soon as I'd hit those together, didn't need to have any uh, special bullshit lined up. It just uh, turned all the skeletons into dust and they fell. And then uh, the awesome. shields were there. Yeah. Does he have healing spells too? Uh, maybe. Okay, because I know the there's a healing ring you can find, which is surprising for a game to give you an option to heal yourself sure. at any time. Yeah, he has things that uh, boost up your hit points, and then he has things that boost up your power points. Okay. And so probably something about healing, but I couldn't look quick enough because I got old man eyeballs. <laughs> we should have asked that before, but it just came up, and I, I realized we hadn't covered the fact that there are healing spells too. Just all the D&D in this game. What was a nice change-up for me, because of all the games we've played during holiday haymakers the only grand wizard in the game is the magic user which was nice that joke oh. is funny okay so let me explain that joke yeah no 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 <laughs> i was going to mention a wizard hat because i was wearing a wizard hat i was going to give to else cohen and i um but before the show i said here take my grand wizard hat and then i remembered oh oh yeah. <laughs> just so you guys know two of the three games wiggly and i discussed had a ku klux klan member as one of the bosses yeah oh Man, I heard those. I listen. Keith and Kevin, we've talked about some of our favorite bosses. What about me? Um, you I really talked talk about, about a favorite, favorite boss. boss. I did. Talked about the Chimera. All right, so Chimera was your favorite too. So Stinky, Kevin, Keith, myself, we've talked about the bosses we like. Let's talk about the final boss. Yes. Then with two ends, the giant dragon. Somebody said dragon. I heard dragon right in there. I'm dragging my butt. Oh my, it's a big ugly dragon. Oh, he's all chock full of nuts. Oh, he got two heads. He's wearing a leather jacket. What are you gonna do? You gonna pass him the mic or have him with the fiery breath? This is one of those really scares. It's one of those weirdos. Did you ever watch one of those weirdos on the television? It's like the incredible horror, like the Bates Motel. A weirdo, yeah, like that. Uh huh. Oh, shoe fell off on the bog hole. When do we roll or give any sort of input in well, this I mean, other game would. that's been played throughout the episode? We would, but we keep getting stuck in the bog hole. He's the dungeon oh, master. He? Yeah, he's terrible. You know, what do you mean? I think he's great, but I'm under contract to say that. <laughs> All right, talk about the last dragon. Oh, I mean, the last uh, thing. Talk about the glow of the last dragon. Yeah. Sin. It's just such an epic fight. Kevin, this huge dragon covering the screen. It's one of those classic boss fights where he's too big to fit the whole boss on screen. So you just see the head and the hands. So that's the yeah. only things you can attack. So, and it's cool. And he randomly just kind of pops away. How'd just, you find fighting him as the dwarf? Because I oh, found it's it very sucked. difficult. Yeah, yeah. I went through many a credits just fighting him because of the fact that it was just me. And I had no magic capabilities whatsoever. Right. I was basically like, you know, doing card tricks. That's how high my magic level was. And not even good card <laughs> tricks. It was just you tough were, trying to deal with all that. Sure. Now, you were the magic user, and I said that when I was having difficulty and died, I came back as the magic user at a very low level, but was able to beat the boss. You said you had some difficulty. So what else happened in that boss battle? Did you switch out, or well, did you no, just it wasn't, forge through? Yeah, it wasn't that boss battle. It was more of the game. When you hit that last boss, as I mentioned, I had a meteor swarm spell, mm -hmm. and I used a bunch of spells, and I was like, oh, damn, I leveled up. I have that crazy spell. And I used it, and it just killed him. Just wow. killed Sin instantly. So the what are you talking about that the leveling up had no effect on it? clearly well, had an effect on your character. It had an effect. Kevin with and I were just like, we've got yeah. him. So we talked, me and Stinky mentioned that. Stinky mentioned that, and I met, 
We said that. We talked about it earlier. Me and Stinky said that what we, though, did have an advancement. Yeah. All right. So yeah. you had no problem beating and him. And I... With him, no. I actually really didn't have any trouble because I was like casting spells and was like, oh, this one, boom. Dead, died, it's over. Just dropped him with the meteor swarm spell. So it was like it was, you know, I was like Sephiroth up in that bitch. Well, how'd Stinky fare against the final boss? Well, uh, it was illegal because I used one of those breathe right strips. <laughs> and you're not supposed to use those in football. So I just did a touchback, like in the longest yard. Yeah, I got him. Huh. Yeah, I scored three. Nice. With the elf, it was uh, a little easier to take him out. I didn't have the meteor swarm. <laughs> I, I really appreciate Keith just completely ignoring Sticky. Oh, God. So, Keith, you also fought the dragon as the elf. How was that experience? That was great. Actually, really? Well, because she's faster. Kevin, we picked the wrong classes, man. I'm telling you, man. But it was fun to watch my thief, character. Fighter. You had difficulty with the dwarf. So, uh, what did you do as the elf? The elf has spells, so I was able to hit him easily with the ice storm and a couple other ones. Uh, It's harder to hit him with the lightning. She's fast enough that you can run back and forth and take swipes at him, though there were definitely moments where I'd get caught in a bad loop and he would just munch on my head three times in a row and kill me. You know, the game does have give me your quarters mentality going on. (laughs) All right. So I think we've touched on as much as we possibly could for this episode, but we definitely touched on the things we like and dislike. Kevin, who would you recommend this game to aside from everyone? Yeah, I mean, everyone just beat him up fans, obviously Dungeons and Dragons fans. But look, once again, I'm not a fan. I mean, I'm not I can't say I'm not a fan of Dungeons and Dragons. It's just not for me. But I still loved playing through this just because it was very simple as far as a beat em up goes, but with a lot of depth. So I would say pretty much, I mean, once again, everyone, really. But if yeah. you're a beat em up fan and you're a fan of Capcom beat em ups, especially right up your alley. I agree. I think if. You're somebody who says, I like arcade games, and I love beat-em-ups, and my favorite one is Turtles or Simpsons. And I'm not bagging on those games. I'm just saying, widen your palate. Try yeah. something like this and see what the difference is, because Definitely. this is significantly different to those games. They rest on the laurels of their franchise, where this takes a franchise yeah. and really ex- digs into it. And granted, Dungeons & Dragons as a franchise has more to dig into game-wise than something like The Simpsons or Turtles does. With Turtles and Simpsons, you can bring in characters, and I love what Konami did with The Simpsons, because they brought in stuff that had absolutely nothing to do with The Simpsons, and I appreciate those games for what they are, but what I'm saying is there's so many other great brawlers. Those are good brawlers. This is a great brawler. I think Simpsons is more of a family game, and I'm not going to joke with you. I knew a, a fella, and he had a husband, a wife, a boy, and a girl. So it was perfect for them because they just got to play as themselves in the family. So a family sees that game. It's family friendly. It's fun to hit people with a uh, fuck. What's an indoor lawnmower? It's fun to hit people with a vacuum cleaner and uh, like that. So that game and turtles are great first rungs for the ladder. That's going to lead you down the rabbit hole of exciting, excellent brawlers. But what about the master of magnet? Welcome to die. <laughs> if I would recommend it, I recommend this to anybody. I recommend this to old beat 'em up fans who only play Double Dragon, bad dudes. I recommend what this. What you say about Double Dragon when Kevin on the line? I'm not going to say anything <laughs> bad while we have a champ we on the line. We got a world okay? record holder on the line, Keith. Do not insult our guests. I will not insult. I'm saying, geez. It's the holiday season. Show some class. <laughs> you well, don't piss on hospitality, Keith. You're going to get some clean coal in your stocking. 
from the Oompa Loompa. Yeah, he's bringing back clean coal to the country for Christmas this year. Trumpy Claus. <laughs> Trumpy Claus. You don't have to eat dirty coal anymore. <laughs> but as I was saying, speaking of the good old days, uh, Bad Dudes and Double Dragon, if you're fans of that, if you're a newer day beat em up fan who's never even stepped in an arcade, say you've only played Scott Pilgrim versus the world on your Xbox 360, well... Oh. You should probably own this on your Xbox One if you can nowadays. I was a little sad because I thought this was on Capcom Classics Collections, and I went and dug out my PlayStation 2 and my games and was like, oh, I was wrong. It's Knights of the Round that's on here, not the Dungeons & Dragons games, which was probably because of copyright reasons, I imagine, is why we haven't seen remakes of these D&D games until... Kevin, did that come out this year? I bought it on my 360 previously, but oh, it was they, on 360, not yeah. Xbox and then one. they okay. opened it. Well, they opened it up for the Xbox One now because you know they did the whole backwards compatibility thing. Right. So you can look at your library if you previously downloaded it. You can re-download it for the Xbox One, and that's what I played it on. Well, yeah. Well, then I say, and if you own a 360 or an Xbox One, and you like beat 'em ups, say you like Mother Russia bleeds or something, gotta play this game. And I agree with Stinky. This game holds up to any of its contemporaries currently. It's like what Wiggly said uh, on the last episode, that when you play Scott Pilgrim or 16-bitty type of new modern games, you go back to this game or you go back to Guardians, and you'll see, wow, you know, that's why you say, wow. Yeah, Castle Crashers even has mechanics from this game with different items you can cycle through and use. And multiple endings as well, because I had apparently a Type E2 ending for the elf. I don't know what that means, but apparently there's multiple endings as well for everybody. So For each character, there's actually multiple endings. Jeez, God. We won't get into that. (laughs) I think a lot of the newer titles that go for the 16-bit look, which is wonderful, I think that they are pulling more from things like Mario or Turtles and things like that. But some of the developers don't realize the the magistricreckles and the schmeckles of some of these older titles. They're pushing the hardware to their limits to achieve the absolute best they could. Mm. And with this game, they did. Yeah. Stinky, do you have any more final thoughts? Uh, actually, I just want to know who the fuck won uh, the Dungeons & Dragons with Ellis. Ellis, Ellis! Hey, y'all, well, you know you did go in that fight that weird on scary dragon. Well, I'll tell you what, let me try to roll three. Uh-oh, I don't even have any dice. I'm going to have to choose out my card book. Oh, why they put these two jokers in the cards? I don't even know. Nobody ever using this similar. So what this other card is, it's got, got writing on it. I paid full price for this card book, and they gave me one card. got all these letters on it. I don't need that nobody has time for that well fortunately no one survived because it would have been too scary oh she fell off on the ball <laughs> so kevin how was your first D tabletop experience man i mean it's See, kind of like losing my virginity all over again <laughs> you, kind you of thought you couldn't night, stay on track with it but it, yeah. we are at the end now it's pretty amazing. I'm surprised that I survived. I mean, well, my character didn't, but, you know, I did. Kevin, if your character dies, you die, too. Oh, no. It's, that, it's, it's one of those movies. Mazes and monsters, bitch. Bloody Mary. <laughs> Bloody Mary. Bloody Mary. Bloody Mary. Bloody Mary. Hey, I said Bloody Mary four times, and she went back. I thought Tom Hanks was going to come running in. <laughs> I didn't get enough Calvin and Hobbes. That's my only problem. Yeah, where's, like, Susie? Huh. She should have been like the final boss. Hey, mom, can I drive now? No. How about <laughs> now? Clunk. Oh, no. 
Beep, beep, ah! Beep, beep, hooray, someone stopped. We're heroes. Uh, want me to call a tow truck lady? First call the police and report uh, an infocide. I don't know what car Calvin would want to drive because every time I see him, he's pissing on some other emblem. <laughs> it seems Ironically, like on the car. car. Yeah, on the car, yeah. <laughs> okay, listen, we're running out of time, so we're only going to do half haikus. Who's got a haiku? Okay. I-, I do. All right, uh, who's that? Me, Kyle. State your name and your present company. Kyle, we talk games, unfortunately. Okay. <laughs> Go. Secret passages. Many treasures to collect. You'll never find them. <laughs> Unfortunately true. Let's be polite and let's go to our friend Wifey WK. That's me. Choose your adventure. Level up for no reason. <laughs> Golden Axe was robbed. Oh, snap. So why everybody have the fun on the holiday haymakers? Always a blast. Oh, that was such a good time. I think it was one of our best ever. Ollie and Jolly. Especially Thunderfist. What was it called? Knuckle Bash? Yeah. <laughs> like that one. That's a perfect game for uh, Divas, Dropkicks, and Dives. Highly I recommend it. Knuckle Bash. So much wrestling. So little game. I can't oh. wait till next year when we do Pit Fighter for Holiday Haymakers. Yes! Hold your tongue, because that might be a summer of stink. No! <laughs> I think we might be playing Guardians of the Hood before we play that one. Oh, <laughs> classic. Yeah. I'd like to thank Kevin for joining us for this, the final episode of 2016. Kevin, where can our listeners find you? You can find me at the8bitgeek.com. We are also on Spotify under the 8-Bit Geek, Audio Boom, Podbean. I mean, you pretty much name a podcast finder and you'll find us. Also with Divas, Dropkicks, and Dives, we talk about wrestling all the time, me and Mike. So, good times. Okay, and while I have Stinky on the line, who do we invoice that plug to? Is it Jeremy? I think we got to give it to the guy, uh, again, his tooth pool, because he probably has that uh, dental insurance. Rob, we hope you feel better. <laughs> yeah, I hope you feel better. Get that tooth out of your head. <laughs> okay, everybody. Thanks for joining us this year for We Talk Games. Everybody remembers when John F. Kennedy was shot, uh, except, ironically, not John F. Kennedy. Happy New Year! We Talk Games 2017. <laughs> Just a word to the wise there, Mr. Donnelly. Uh, stand by, because I might need your help on this one. Fair warning. You too, Wiggly. If you want, uh, just come over. Don't worry about it. Just get the mic. Chevy Vaughn, so, 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 Hanukkah, Hokkato, Hanukkah, Hokkato, Chevy Vaughn, so, 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 Upsimana, Ulana, let's get to Hayasha, let's get to Yasha, Upsimana, Ulala, Chevy Vaughn, so, 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 Hanukkah, Hokkato, Hanukkato, Chevy Vaughn, so, 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 Upsimana, Ulala, let's get to Hayasha, let's get to Everybody! Shivy Vaughn, so so so, on the car, who got to, on the car, who got to, Shivy Vaughn, so so so, Hoxy's mama, who la la, 
Alright, so however you want to work that, Wiggly, I could do it, or you, you could... What do you mean? I want to just have Kevin have an opportunity to say what games he thought it was similar to. Yeah, you you say it. You're the host. Okay. You could ask me... You could. Well, I'll I'll chime in. Uh, why am I still talking to him? <laughs> I'll chime in after he says it without being tossed to. 